Thank you. Hallelujah. Welcome to church. I hope you're happy to be here. <laughs> Give your neighbor a smile. Look at your neighbor and smile to your neighbor. Did your neighbor smile back? <laughs> smile is infectious, they say. If you are worried that your boss has never smiled ever since you met him, give him a smile. He will smile back. <laughs> if you want him to laugh, give him a laughter. <laughs> he will laugh back. Hallelujah. Amen. Welcome to church today. We're going to share from the word of God. But firstly, I want to appreciate Pastor and the leadership team for asking me to stand in the gap today. Pastor has a, a meeting, uh, an appointment in our sister branch in Adam, so that's why he just left. So today we're going to be continuing from last week. Who was here last week? Who remembers what we were taught last week? What about faith? Is this somebody's name? <laughs> Hallelujah. Is somebody's name? Is this somebody's lifestyle? Hallelujah. Who has faith in this auditorium? Okay, you can see the demonstration of faith. You know, who is a man here? <laughs> okay, hallelujah. You know, there is no half man and no half woman. Eh? You are either a man or a woman. True or false? So the same way you are confident that you are a man, and they say, who is a man? You raise your hand. If they ask, who has faith? <laughs> your confidence in that you have faith shows in your raising of your hand. Hallelujah. You know, having faith comes with responsibility. I hope you understand. Hello? <laughs> so who has faith in this place? Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Okay, so today we're going to be looking at growing your faith. Growing your faith. Who wants to grow his faith? Me too. Hallelujah. Before we start, I'm going to do something for us. At the back of your bulletin, would you please open to the back of your bulletin? So that bulletin shows a summary of what Pastor taught us last week. Do you see that diagram? Now what you're going to help me do is to place yourself on the arrows shown there. You see the arrows? So the arrowhead shows the positive part of the line. And the beginning of the arrow, the base, shows the negative part. So on the negatives, you have little faith, wavering faith, passive faith, and weak faith. And on the positive, you have strong faith, active faith, unwavering faith, and great faith. So that is, the two, those are the two extremes, eh? So if you have a pen, could you please indicate where you are? So between little and great, put a star, you know, X, eh? Put an X where you think you are. Between little and great faith. Likewise, between wavering and unwavering faith, put an X. You know what I mean by X? As a marker, where you think you are. Between passive and active faith, also put a mark where you think you are. And between weak and strong faith, 
also put a mark where you think you are. So the dash line is a demarcation between the positive and the negative. Eh? Have you marked yourself now? Hallelujah. <laughs> okay. Praise Jesus. <laughs> now the essence of asking you to do that is because I want you to do self-evaluation. Hmm? So you're not going to submit it. You go home with it. <laughs> and after one week, you go back to it and see whether you've moved up. Huh? Now, I carefully didn't put any scale on those lines because the scale for one person may be different from the scale of another person. The most important thing is progress. Hallelujah. Trust me, if you evaluate yourself where you are on these scales, you'll be able to follow your progress of faith. And your faith will keep growing because it puts you to intentional effort towards it. Hallelujah. Amen. May we please read Luke chapter 17, verse 5 to 6. My heart is so enlarged. My heart is enlarged. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> My heart is enlarged. The kingdom of God has come to prevail. Hallelujah. You see this whole earth, eh? The earth is like a small ball before God. Actually, the lives of men inside the earth are bigger than the earth. The life of the individuals inside the earth, the planet earth, are bigger. <laughs> and that is what God is interested in. Hallelujah. Okay, let's read. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Who wants something to obey your faith? Everybody, I believe. One thing I want you to take caution with this reading. In, in some translations of this verse, and maybe Matthew 17 verse of it, you may see if you have faith as small, as a mustard seed. That is not in the original thing that Jesus said. Do you understand what I'm talking about? That is a translation error. Jesus said, if you have faith like a grain of a mustard seed. That's what is in the original thing Jesus said. Now, why this is important is because Jesus does not belittle the faith he has given you. Because what Jesus has given you is a potential. The comparison here is between a seed and a tree. Huh? People ask a question, which is first, the egg or the chicken? Which is first, the seed or the tree? Hallelujah. So the point is, Jesus answered their question to increase their faith. By giving them this illustration. Which we are going to see what it means in application to us. Hallelujah. So don't expect, don't expect God from heaven to suddenly make you have a bigger faith. 
the best God can give you is a gift of faith. Which comes and goes. But the growing of your faith is your responsibility. Tell yourself, it is my responsibility. And I'm going to take responsibility. Hallelujah. So, to just put us, uh, please put back the, the illustration we have there. So, the difference between little faith and great faith is how much the person knows about God's word. People that know little of God's word have little faith because they don't know. Hallelujah. The Bible said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. There are things that when you get to know, your prayer will change. <laughs> Hallelujah. Have you discovered in this, I don't know, let me sample your opinion. Since you came here, those of you that travel with bus 88, how many times did you pray when you entered the bus from here to Ede? Nobody. Remember when you were in your country of birth? When you are traveling from just one junction to the other, Father, in the name of Jesus, this journey are committed into your hands. Every demon on the highway. <laughs> Hallelujah. In fact, some vehicle companies employ people to pray for every bus that leaves. Okay. Now, what makes the difference? You've come to realize that here, bus 88 says 745. It will be there at 745. Full or empty, it will go. You have never heard in the news bus 88 crashed along the road. <laughs> Hallelujah. So every information you have about bus 88 is just on the perfect side. Because of that information, you get in there and you just sit down and enjoy your ride. Okay, let's move from there. The next one, wavering and unwavering. What's the difference? Your experiences. How you performed before begins to feed back on you and form a consciousness to you. Hallelujah. Active and passive. You're being able to act according to your faith, take actions, and not. And weak and strong, exercising your faith or not. Just like the people that eat so much and don't do exercise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, every believer is born with a seed of faith. That's why I'm glad you all agree that you have faith. Eh? Hallelujah. Is there anyone that doesn't have faith here? Because to have faith, the faith we are talking about, you have to receive it of God. You know that there are different kinds of faith. Eh? There is the God kind of faith. That is the one we're interested in. The God kind of faith. Jesus told him in Mark 11, have God's kind of faith. <laughs> the God's kind of faith is the one that works. 247. So let's read something from the Bible, from Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Where the Bible talks about the seed of faith, the measure of faith. We're also going to read from 1 Peter. But let's read Romans 12, first of all. Thank you, Father. From 2 Peter, rather. Romans 12, verse 3 says, For I say through the grace given to me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man 
the measure of faith. Now, God dealt to every man. He's talking about believers. Hallelujah. This is a letter written to believers. So God gave each one of us the measure of faith. Not a measure of faith. A measure of faith may mean it is variable between brother A and sister C. No. The measure of faith. So at the point that you got born again, you received the measure of faith. To confirm that, let's see what Peter said. Apostle Peter, the first pope, according to some people. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. If you are there, would you want to read? Who wants to read? Do you want to read? Second Peter, chapter 1, verse 1. I'll read from the King James Version. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you for reading. So what did Peter say here? He was writing to fellow believers. And he called them, to them that have obtained, like precious. You understand that English construction? Like precious. Similar precious. Huh? Same precious. Hallelujah. So he was saying that, with respect to himself, these people he's writing to have obtained the same faith, which is very precious, that he got. So, the difference in the outcome of Peter's faith and any other person's faith is not God's fault. Hallelujah. There was no discrimination at the point of your salvation. The difference that you see is a function of the person. Hallelujah. So, growing your faith is very important. True or false? Hallelujah. So, we're going to see how a believer can grow his faith. One of them is the beginning one, understanding the gospel. Hallelujah. Any believer that does not understand the gospel is a big problem. What is gospel? Your opinion, huh? Richmond, to you, what is gospel? The real reality of what? Real reality of the word of God. Okay. Yes? Good news. Good news. Yes? Carry. Huh? Reading the Bible. Okay. Yes? Jesus' death for man's redemption. Yes? Any other person? Yes? Eternal life in Jesus. Yes? Have they all said your mind? Yes, Pastor. The word of God. Okay. Hallelujah. Thank you for all the answers. Are they correct? Those that didn't say anything. Did they speak your mind? We saw gospel also here this morning. Kalima, you taught us about gospel. Yeah, what did you teach us? 
the forgiveness and love of Jesus. Now, you are all correct. The only thing maybe you are talking of different aspects. Eh? So if you pull them all together, you have a one piece. Hallelujah. Now, one thing I wouldn't want you to miss in the gospel is the fact that Jesus, that we are talking about, resurrected. There will be no Christianity without Christ's resurrection. I tell you the truth. And anyone that has been born again is actually someone that is resurrected. That's what baptism teaches us. Hello? So let's read something from Romans chapter 1, verse 17. Understanding the gospel. Oh. Oh. The good news of Christ. For therein, so therein is in the gospel, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. When you understand the gospel, when you understand the gospel, your behavior towards certain things will change. Your prayer points will change. Your attitude to the word of God will change. Your attitude to people will change. Your attitude and responsibility to the devil huh? will change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'll give you an example. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, the Bible says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new. All things are. All things are. Do you understand that scripture? So what is passed away? What is old? Old lifestyle, yes? Old mindset? Old way of doing things, yeah? What else? Hallelujah. So you see, what you will walk in in this scripture depends on what you understand as old. Anything that doesn't enter your register of old will follow you. And that is what is happening to many people. A lot of things that should be in the old are still in their new. And they are carrying them along. And that is why the revelation of God's righteousness from faith to faith doesn't work out for them. i give you an example. There's a practical situation. I heard of a message when I was growing up. They call it a near success failure syndrome. Have you heard of it? You know, <laughs> I don't know. It's in the church that a lot of things are manufactured. I don't know where they read it in the Bible, but I've heard I don't know if you have Raymond, you're laughing. It's like you've heard this message before. You've heard it also. They call it near success failure syndrome. It's a syndrome. <laughs> the interpretation of this syndrome is that you just Something will just, you just get near making it, making it, making it, and something just happens. And then you don't make it again. You know, when I had that message, as a young believer, I, I, I received it. I said, hey, no wonder this person's story was like this. 
this one sort of was it began to happen to me. But you know, God's so kind. I came across something different from God's word. I looked for near success failure. I didn't see it anywhere in the Bible. Wow. Then I realized that it was made up. What did I do? I said, near success failure syndrome, I have nothing to do with you anymore. In the name of Jesus, get out. I am a seed of Abraham, a heir of Christ, a joint heir with Christ. I walk in God's favor. I had to change my mind. It didn't matter who preached the near success failure message to me. I don't even remember who it is anymore. <laughs> what matters to me is Christ. Hallelujah. When I changed my mind, everything around me changed. Because I didn't recognize anything like near success failure anymore. Everything changed. In fact, one day I was going to register for an exam. I was in the line. And when it got to my turn, the lady said she wants to go for lunch. I said, no, there's no lunch. You have to attend to me. If it was before, I would say, hey, they have come. Near success failure. I refused it. And she attended to me. Hallelujah. So my point is, there are many things that are in the gospel which you can only access if you understand the gospel. For instance, how many of you have heard of ancestral curses? How many of you are carrying ancestral curses on your head? Let me see you. Raise your hand now. If you are carrying ancestral, because it has to go now. You have to be born again. That's what it means. <laughs> it's good you didn't understand, Omar. Please, if you didn't understand, just forget it. Eh? <laughs> it's better you didn't know it. Hallelujah. So there is something they call that ancestral forces are pursuing some people. Hmm? Luca. Vluka. Hey, fire. Even in Dutch language. <laughs> See how it sounds. Now, what is my point about it? Of course, you have a, an earthly father. Your father gave birth to you, isn't it? You call him daddy. That is okay. But Jesus said something. Jesus said, call no man father upon the earth. Was he contradicting humanity? No. He was bringing you to identify who you really are. Your father is the father of your flesh, your earthly father. But you are a spirit being. And when you are born again, you are a new creation. And you have one father, God Almighty. And that was the one Jesus was talking to. And so when you say me, me, me or I, you are talking about your spirit being. I don't know if you understand the point. So anything you carry on your me, you are actually signing off for something that may be damaging. So when you are born again, when you are born again, you are cut off because the old man dies. The new person that comes alive is totally new, a new creation. New creation means a new species. That's what I, you understand what I mean? It's a new species that never existed before. It carries the life Christ. Now see, your experiences may be different if you don't understand that. Let me give you an example. I grew up, I have a family. Ah, you of course you should know I have a family. I mean, in my family, I have, I have three older brothers. My father has a brother, an older brother, who also has four sons. In my uncle's family, the, one of the challenges they face is that none of them got beyond high school. For whatever reason. 
Another challenge is also that the first son refused, refused to marry. His younger brother got married. And before long, he died, his wife died, and the family line closed. Now, just give you two examples. Eh? Coming to my own family line, my father also has four sons. My oldest brother was sent to school. We don't know what happened. Or they didn't know because I was very small then. He just decided not to continue going to school. And he left school. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he refused to marry. The second one was going to school. But to graduate, a kind of financial crisis you can't explain. That he couldn't even have money to print his thesis. And he was angry and wanted to leave everything. My sister had to beg him. In fact, my sister went to school for him to submit his thesis. And that was how he graduated. The third one wrote jam, 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 jam. Forget about jam. It's exam entrance. He couldn't get admission to the university. Already, spiritual plotters have begun to link what is happening in this family with this family. Yeah? So you can link it to ancestral lineage. Yeah? <laughs> Hallelujah. But thank God that Christ arrested me early. So I didn't grow up with that mentality. Hallelujah. So as far as I was concerned, whatever people were talking about as ancestral, what I didn't concern me because I'm a new creation in Christ. I trace my lineage to Christ. I grew up with that mentality. Hallelujah. So it meant that going to school, even if there was financial crisis in the family, God arranged every other thing to make sure I went to school. Hallelujah. Well, I'm getting married very soon. Now, what's my point? I didn't have to, see, I didn't have to, I didn't have to spend time dealing with ancestral issues. I needed to just get born again. That's my point. That when you are in Christ, you're a new creation. And when you understand what it means to be a new creation, your prayer language will change. So your faith to grow requires that understanding. Bring it to any sickness and health. See, you have a decision to consult a doctor for your health or not. It's a choice. I pay health insurance. Eh? But I know I'm paying it because of obligation to law. I'm not, I, don't have, I can't say, hey, I pay this health insurance. I must use it to, I must go. No, 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 it's not by force. You leave it to those that need it. Hallelujah. I have a doctor inside me. <laughs> the Christ. So understanding of the gospel is key. Check yourself. How much of the gospel do you understand? Anything you've struggled with, ask yourself, what actually is in the gospel about this thing? Dig it in. And when you find out, you find your prayer will change. You realize where your problem is. Okay, let's move forward for the sake of time. Well, meanwhile, don't expect anybody to pray for you today. Eh? You understand what I mean? Because this, the idea is for you to grow your faith. See, the success of the church in winning the, 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 the war for God is when every believer begins to understand who is in him. I'm looking forward to a church where every believer we know Christ in him. The ministries we have here, see, ah, my, 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 my. What should be the raw mountain is when we gather like this, we charge up and go out and look for people that need our ministries. The pastor builds us for that. So every message you hear from here, you are responsible to go and replicate it outside. Hallelujah. 
And that is how the world will know that there is something this will actually go to contact. So that I'm saying, sir, you don't be disappointed if nobody prays for you today. Hallelujah. You are going to lay hands on yourself today. The second point is learning from the salvation model. Romans chapter 6, verse 10, 6 to 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 6 to 10. Paul was writing in this place, talking about how we got saved. He says, but the righteousness which is of faith. So there is a righteousness that is of the law. And there is a righteousness that is of faith. Hallelujah. The righteousness that is of faith says, do not say in your heart who will go to heaven to bring Christ down from above. Or who will go down to hell, to the deep, to bring Christ up from the dead. Now what does he say? The word is nigh you. The word is in your mouth. It's in your heart. And that is the word of faith which we preach. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. It was not long how you got saved. You believed the gospel of Jesus Christ and you declared him as your Lord of your life. And you got saved. Now, the same model, if you bring it to everything about you, it works. So faith is not just believing. Believing is just an aspect. If you take the root words, you understand what I'm talking about. Believing has to do with a conviction. You agree. It stays with you. It's very passive. Even the devils believe, you know. <laughs> but when you talk of faith, you go beyond just believing to declare what you believe and act accordingly. And that's the, the last point I want us to look at from the last scripture to read. Applying the spirit of faith. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 13. Paul was quoting a scripture from the Old Testament. And he said, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. If you want your faith to grow, your faith must be exposed. The things you've believed, it's time to start talking them. Marco Shatalaba. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. When you say that sin runs away from you, when you go, when you enter and ever tell them, I am a son of God. They say, What? I am a son, I am a son of God. <laughs> Sons of darkness will leave you alone. Now, when you do that, you find that the environment will recognize your presence and the Christ in you. And they'll begin to respond to you accordingly. And you will begin to notice that the word of God works. Because without the word of God, there is no faith. Hallelujah. So to summarize what I've been talking about here, to grow your faith, understanding the gospel, the word of God is key. Hallelujah. I know the Bible is very big. <laughs> The Bible is very big. The Bible is not written for only Christians, for your information. It was also written for the Jews. Eh? So you find what was written for you. Because that's where many people have crisis. I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about. The Bible is a book not only for Christians. Bear in mind. Paul says something in Acts 20 verse 32. I commend you to the word of God's grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. 
Why I'm making this point? You may get a crisis if you go and take what is for Jews in the Old Testament and bring it to your life now. You have a crisis. There are many people that are living Old Testament life in the New Testament time. Think about it. Think about it. So, that's why I say you have to understand the gospel. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean the Old Testament is irrelevant. No. It's to understand what was working then, the dispensation they were in. And then understand where you are in. And learn from them. And put the life of the now into practice. Hallelujah. I want to close here. For the sake of time. May we please bow down our heads. I want to challenge you to be uncomfortable with the way you are now. I want you to reject to be like this for the next one year. You've been in church for years. What has changed? What is different from when you started? Except a man gets unsatisfied or dissatisfied with his state, he cannot make progress. Yeah. Unless you determine not to remain where you are today, at least not for the kingdom. I want you to tell the Lord your decision. Part of your decision will be to go to understand the gospel. Gospel means good news. It has the power of Christ. How much of it have I known? How much of it am I walking by? Father, I thank you. Because your word is true. Lord, I desire to see a time when every believer will be like Jesus Christ. Daddy, I desire a time. I don't want it. I don't, I'm not saying believers to be like Paul. Paul has tried. He did well in his time. But the time of Paul has passed. The time of Peter is passed, Father. The time of Timothy. The time of Charles Finney. The time of Smith Wigglesworth. Those times have passed. Lord, we need believers that are like Christ in our time. To meet the challenges of the time. And conquer. And the Bible says that the victory that overcomes the world is our faith. And whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. That I pray may this consciousness rub off on everyone. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name.